2: We are remembering, and we have been since yesterday, the life of legendary Vikings head coach Bud Grant. He passed away yesterday at the age of 95. Among those tuning in to share their memories here on WCCO Radio, former running back for the Vikings, Chuck Foreman.
3: We lost somebody special. and You know, he was 95 years old, but he was an energetic, sharp 95, and so certainly this was a shock to all of us.
2: WCCO's Dave Lee is well called in to share his memories.
4: I know he had a good run, but he was so practical and had so many things to talk about just with life and he was uh, he was, you know, I lost my dad and then uh, and then he he was just kind of a mentor. He was a guy that I could say pretty much anything to and then I would listen to what he had to say and even when I didn't tell him something, he knew what was going on.
2: Bob Lertzma Benchwarmer Bob also calling in to talk about Bud Grant's failure to win a Super Bowl. After he gave us a talk, after we lost or something,
4: how he reinforced our confidence, got everything on, on the table and said, hey, this is what we need. And, you know, you guys did the best. We got to coach more. It's, it's much our fault as yours. So he took a lot of the blame away from the players and put it on his shoulders.
2: Again, that's Bob Lertzema and others sharing their thoughts on the passing of Bud Grant, the legend. Of course, he was good friends with Sid Hartman, as you know. And here is WCCO's Chad Hartman on Sid giving Bud his Hall of Fame speech.
3: One of the greatest thrills of my father's life was when Bud gets inducted into the Hall of Fame. And at the time, the first media member to ever give the speech was my father. And I remember we practiced that over and over and over again. And it was just such a great thrill for him.
2: Again, Bud Grant passing away, age of 95. And on our John Schuster Caldwell Banker hotline is Joel Maturi, former athletic director at the University of Minnesota and friend. Joel, thanks for coming on tonight. I know it's a little later down there in Florida.
3: Well, Susie, it's always good to speak to you and and, uh, certainly to talk about uh, a legend and a gopher legend as well. Uh, and, and Coach Grant, your
2: memories. Uh, what was it, what was your relationship, and what are your memories of him as a coach and as a human?
3: Well, first of all, uh, you know, being a Minnesotan and growing up on the Iron Range and 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 following the Vikings as, as I did, um, and uh, you know, how could you not follow uh, you know, Bud Grant and the success that he had? You know, the four Super Bowls and. As uh, Bob Lutzma said, we didn't win any, but uh, there are a lot of teams who won't get there at all. And and uh, and Coach Grant, and I think the manner that he did it, I went on to be a high school coach and and uh, certainly tried to learn things from, from many. And uh, though I did not know Coach Grant at that time during my coaching career, I, I certainly learned a lot from him, and and uh, in many ways would call him a mentor in that regard.
2: He really personified uh, kind of grit and toughness. I remember Joel. My my memory, my story is we were he was we were naming the city was naming Bud Grant Way. It was down uh, right there by the stadium, and it was I swear to you, it was thirty below zero. I mean, it was cold. It was so cold, and he's up there with like a jacket and no hat, and I'm just like, oh my goodness, what are you doing? And I said, you know, it's freezing, and you just have a jacket and a hat on, like. Oh my gosh. And he just said something about cold is a state of mind and his guys didn't get all that foo-foo stuff on the sidelines. They were tough and mean and they were, they didn't let cold get in the way of them playing tough football, which I always thought was kind of interesting.
3: Well, those old Viking days at Metropolitan Stadium, that's the way it was. uh, both teams are on the same side of the field. Uh, you know, long-time Viking fans remember that. And, and you'd have the Vikings sitting there, and maybe they've had their hoods and so forth on, but they didn't have all the heating machines that the other team would have. And, and the coach would just be out there in his regular prep coaching and, and uh, garb. And I think he, he convinced the players it was that. And it was a state of mind with him. That's just, that's just the kind of person that he was.
2: He expected that from his players too, right, to be tough.
3: Well, that and, and they were tough. Let's be honest. I mean, the purple people eaters and and, and the way that they played football at that time. And and uh, I, I just think you know, and I know all the good things being said about him because they were so true. Sometimes when people pass, they become bigger than they were. That, that's the case with Coach Grant. Uh, he was every bit uh, the icon, the legacy that he left uh, in, in the coaching profession, but probably in the development of people uh, was, was second to none. Um, I became real close to, to Bob McNamara and Bob, of course, fast and, and both coach Grant and myself spoke look at, uh, at, at, Bob's funeral. And, um, I was able to visit coach Grant with Bob and on, on, on more than one occasion and listen to the stories that they told, uh, and the, uh, the, you know, the togetherness that they had. And, and obviously I think Sid was probably, uh, a coach's best friend, but, uh, maybe number two was Bob McNamara.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was a, quite the crew. And I think about Bud Grant and, are there coaches now that that have those same traits, or has is that sort of the end of an era in terms of coaching?
3: Well, I, I think uh, certain things never end, and I, and I think uh, in some ways, coaches ahead of things. I mean, he he treated people. You know, as again, I heard some of your you know uh, previous uh, information here. Proud of my getting on. You know, with uh, with uh, Bob Lutz and all, he treated people extremely well, and and he expected them to. To, to play to the best of their ability and he didn't yell and scream a lot and I think in today's world that's how coaching has, has become. It, it's a matter of sharing what the, what the job was. It's a matter of everybody doing their part of doing their best and, and being able to walk away and, and I think coach you know all these different aspects of him being the hunter that he was even during the season getting away and doing those things you know for a while coaches didn't do any of that and, and uh, that's uh, obviously w- was part of his personality
2: yeah and he was a friend to many you know i know you said sid but you just read these stories that have come through even on our text line so many people sharing about how kind he was to just the regular person
3: well i think that's again which uh which was part of his legacy part of the individual that he was to all and and uh uh, I know I was a beneficiary of, uh, of his kindness on more than one occasion. I remember one story, Susie, when we uh, opened up at that time, TCF Bank Stadium, now Huntington Bank Stadium, and and uh, we honored uh, Coach Grant at halftime. I don't know, maybe the second or third game that uh, that we uh, held uh, in the stadium, and so I uh, uh, had Coach in, in the suite, brought him down, honored him at halftime, and. He was so thrilled to being recognized. Obviously, the fans were very receptive of, of his uh, recognition, and uh, I had to bring him back up to the suite um, uh, after halftime because nobody knew where they're going. The building is new to us, and we have to, you know, make sure that is done. And I had to hustle back because we were honoring one of our teams uh, at the first time out of the third quarter, and um, and I had just had some uh, some Achilles surgery prior to this, and I'm jogging in the concourse um, which I'm not supposed to, I'm not supposed to do anything (laughs) but walk. Right. Right. And I re injured my Achilles. It rolled right up on me. Uh, I'll never forget that as long as I live. Uh, and, um, so when I got back to the suite eventually on crutches, coach wondered what happened he <laughs> every time every time we saw each other after, th- after that he would give me a rough tie. I but, imagine
2: uh, yeah that's so, <laughs> <what it> was. <laughs> Well thanks for coming on and as I say I'm looking forward to seeing you next Friday and uh, getting some Florida sun on me I'm, I'm we could all use it around here. I wish I could take everybody to Florida for a week.
3: Well, you're having too much snow. It's convinced me that we've made the decision to to be a little bit of a snowbird down here and have a good time, and and we'll look forward to to visiting you once you get here.
2: Wonderful. Thanks, Joel. Appreciate your time. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Susie. That is Joel Maturi, the former athletic director at the University of Minnesota. It is 16 minutes now past 8 o'clock.
0: His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. hi And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician.
6: co-worker of yours.
2: It is 8.20 now on a Sunday night, 30 degrees, light snow falling. My name is Susie Jones sitting in tonight for Geraldine Steele. Geraldine will be back. She is taking some time off to heal. She will be returning. But in the meantime, here we sit tonight and Jonathan Lowe is at the helm and we've got a lot left of the program. We are watching the Oscars out of the corner of our eye. We're not going to tell you anything because a lot of people tape the Oscars, right, Jonathan? They don't want to know. They want to sit down at a different time and have a little popcorn and watch it on tape. So we don't want to give anything away.
5: What we are going to tell you right now is that Morgan Freeman is up on stage right now, and he's bald. He's bald. He bald. bald. This is disconcerting a... to me. Oh, no. What happened? Well, just You, you think of Morgan Freeman, and you think the the luxurious mane of hair right. that he has always had on his head, and the fact that he is bald. Is, it is, I, I've, I've just, I haven't seen him that way before, and so I'm, I, I'm soaking it in. Wonderful. Well, we're going to watch the
2: Oscars and just share with you a little bit more about them coming up in the next half hour. I want to just remind you, though, if you don't know, have you seen any of them? I'm going to list them, Jonathan, and then uh, you say yes or no, have you seen them? Okay. Okay. So this is the... Best picture. We're not doing supporting. We're just doing best picture. All Quiet on the Western Farm. No. Okay. You haven't? I have. Avatar, the, water, the Way of Water. No. I have not either. Banshees of Inertion.
5: insurance Yeah. yeah. Inertion. Yes.
2: Saw it. I saw it too. Elvis. Yes. Oh, I did too. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Yes. Oh, you did?
5: I did see that. Yes. The
2: Fablemans.
5: Yes seen a lot of tar yes
2: you saw that yes maverick top gun maverick no i saw that triangle of sadness
5: no okay
2: women talking yes you did
5: you saw that, a lot of them now again you have to remember that a, a lot of these academy award nominees are going to be sag nominees and since we are part of sag this is probably the most important thing for not, i shouldn't say important but the thing I take most seriously about my part in being in the union yeah. is they're going to give me a chance to watch these critically acclaimed films and vote on them. I'm going to take due diligence and watch these films. I I don't do it with the television because with the TV, I've never, I've never known whether they were going after a specific episode of television or whether they were going for a whole series. Mm. And trying to watch a whole series, even if you're watching – some of these series that are 10 episodes, 8 episodes, 10 episodes, that's 8 hours, 10 hours. That, you have to binge that mm-hmm. and, and really take your time and sit down and watch a lot of these in a row. Now, they come in easier chunks to, to settle than a movie, mm-hmm. but overall, like I said, that's, that's not even counting some of these, these shows that are 23, 24 episode arcs that are on major television.
2: So we're talking about the Oscars. There are a lot of Oscar parties going on, including one where Chan Poling, who is the uh, husband, was the husband of Eleanor Mondale, who I got to know, uh, also creator of Sheen the musical also a member of the suburbs so we're going to call him back right now because he is waiting for our call he said just press call and in the meantime our number here is 651-461-9226 651-461-9226 if you have seen any of the oscar movies and you want to share which ones you liked which ones you didn't like i did watch all quiet on the western front it was in subtitles and it was long, but it was very good. I can't say anything about Avatar. The Banshees, and I'm not going to say that last name right, I thought was interesting. It was a little slow. And I and also I saw Elvis. That was cool. Not that one that's probably going to win best pictures, everything, everywhere, all at once. And I saw Top Gun. So that's about it. Do we have Chan on the line?
5: No, uh, not huh. yet. Um, we, we will try to get him in a little bit. Um the the only two that were on the SAG list that I did not oh, yes, see our list yeah um, were Top Gun Maverick and uh, Avatar: Way of Water and the reason why those I've never I've I've never gone forth and and so, seen the one for stunts mm-hmm. and those two were nominated for stunts they weren't nominated for acting oh okay but um, the rest you know the rest of those and all and and that's the thing with it with the list now at ten movies for. Uh, you know, up to 10 for an Oscar nomination for Best Picture mm-hmm. is that you're going to blow out the SAG Awards. You're going to blow out the Golden Globes. You're going to blow out the BAFTAs because they don't have that many nominees. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you'll see other... It, because it's different entities putting up the nominations, you'll have different, you know, different awards, different people that are up for certain awards. Uh, there are people that are up for... Best Actress and Best Actor that were not mm-hmm. SAG-nominated, that were not Golden Globe-nominated Globe and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's – if if I wanted to see everything as far as the movies, all of them together or all of them to, to compare, then you're probably getting into the, t- the 20s or 30s when you're talking about the number of movies you have to see. And that's a lot.
2: Yeah. It is 8.26 on a Sunday night, and we're talking about the Oscars as we move toward the 9 o'clock hour. Of course, we always have our center stage where we talk about a number of different productions that are going on, and there are some fun ones that we're going to get to coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. But as I said right now, a number of uh, parties, a lot of people like to dress up and actually Pretend like they're at the Oscars. And as I mentioned, Chan Poling is at one of those parties and he is on our John Schuster Cowell Banker Hotline. Hi, Chan.
4: Hi, Susie. How are
2: you? I'm good. Are you having fun tonight?
4: I am. I, I don't know if you, you knew. My my son is a PR agent. Uh, he got a big PR agency in Hollywood and he's got two clients up for Oscars tonight.
2: Wonderful. So it's a
4: big. Yeah, we're excited here.
2: <laughs> has he, As they, have they... Ben, have they won, or do you know if they're going to win?
4: You, he 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 reps composers and songwriters. So oh. it, it, the, the David Byrne song, the Sunlock song um, from Everything Everywhere All At Once, and and the score for Tar. I think Tar, Tar is up to. I'm not sure, but anyway, yeah. we're
2: we're having fun. We're excited. Good, good. Yeah. Well, I saw the story come across my email, and I love a lot. I love Glengichen. I love the Congdon Manor. I just do. And I know there's a yeah. the play that you wrote, co-wrote, uh, and composed music for, and they're going to have it this summer. And I thought, I'm going to call and see if he wants to pop on and talk about that. And then you popped on with me and said you've got a lot of stuff going on. Maybe you want to jump on and tell us what's happening in your world and where you're performing, etc., etc.
4: Yeah, well, <laughs> thank you. Uh, you haven't seen Glen yet.
2: I have not, and so that's why I'm going oh. to go. Oh on, no!
4: <laughs> on July eighth, two thousand
2: twenty-three, I will be going to the History Theater to watch it.
4: Oh, good, good. You, I, you can you know, you can always be my guest, but yeah, definitely check it out. I, um, Tell- it, it's our seventh year, I think. Wow. It's not our eight, eighth year. I can't remember how many years we took off for COVID, but we started in two thousand fifteen. Wrote a musical and based on the you know the the murders and the trials. Um, it sounds very odd, but it's um, it's a big been a big hit. So I was I think we did a um, a good job with it. <laughs> uh, it's a it's kind of a it's kind of a comedy, but we. We're, you know, we're very sensitive to the fact the victims were real people. Um, and we we walked the line pretty, pretty tastefully, I think, but it's really a fun, fun night because the whole story is just nutty. You know, the characters, uh, Marjorie and, and uh, her husband are such uh, you know, great bad guys Mm -hmm. and, um. You know, in the big mansion on the rip, on the on the lake with the storm and the, the stormy night and the dog barking in the it, in the middle of the night. It's just um, it's a, it's a great a great show. You know, it won um the Ivy for best musicals. That, oh, uh, Tim, Cuth- yeah, when it first came out.
2: And it is funny because, I mean, you know, for people that don't know the story, you know, you mentioned it. But on June 27, 1977, the heiress, Elizabeth Condon, was found dead in her bedroom in the Glensheen Mansion, smothered with a silk pillow. Outside her yeah. room, the night nurse, Velma. <laughs> I mean, it's not funny, yes. but it, like you said, the characters are rich. And so um, yeah. how fun to have it be back and so popular so that again I just want to repeat that's at the state this summer I'm looking at that date. But you've got other things happening sooner than that. Let's talk about that.
4: Well, I love writing, you know, I've I don't know if your listeners know, but I I founded band the rock band the suburbs back in um, the 80s and we were um, you know, we were part of, the, part of the new wave scene from Minneapolis and um and we're still going strong. So we're playing First Avenue. We've got, uh, it's it's, uh, it's selling very well. So if, if anyone wants to go see the Burbs at First Avenue, that's April 21st. And, and then um, besides my rock bands and being in the new standards, um, I love writing musicals. And I've been lucky enough to have a great writing partner, Jeffrey Hatcher, who, um, just a very prolific uh, successful playwright He's a screenwriter too. Um, he and I he wrote Glensheen together and uh, the history theaters asked us to do they commissioned us to do a musical for this year um, called uh, based on Jesse James. Uh, Jesse James came to Northfield and robbed the Northfield Bank and that was kind of his downfall. <laughs> so we have a new show coming up it's opening uh um april 29th opening. thank you i have it right in front of me
2: okay
4: <laughs> that, that's opening april 29th and that's um, going to be kind of a real rock and roll um, n- kind of a new telling of jesse jim's life uh, but music by me and and then the book by jeff hatcher so that's april 29th uh burbs april 21st and then um Yeah, Glenn Sheen this summer.
2: You are busy, man.
4: Yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Good to know. The
4: new new standards too are out and about too.
2: I love the new standards, and I understand you were just back from Palm Springs where you partied with Lowell Pickett from the Dakota.
4: Yeah, yeah, Lowell. (laughs) He's a good guy. Lowell really got a good. Yeah, Lowell really got the new standards going at the Dakota years ago, and we became. Good pal, so, and Lowell's recently taken it off, so I had to show him a few things.
2: Yeah, well, good. Hey, we've got all this <laughs> stuff written down. Thank you. Have fun tonight. Good luck to your son's clients, and uh, I still can't believe that it's so popular, the murder of Glenn, the Glensheen murders, but who knows what lights people's fires.
4: Oh, yeah, you gotta <laughs> see it. You'll see, you'll see, you know, when to hear your review, but uh, thanks for keeping me in mind. Yeah. Good to talk to you. And thanks, Yeah, thanks for, for calling. Okay, right. bye-bye. That is,
2: bye. Chan Poland with us of The Suburbs, The New Standards, also the writer of the musical, Glenn Sheen, and now The Defeat of Jesse James, and that one comes April 29th. It is uh, 8.34. We're going to do the weather for you right after this.
6: Hey, Nats fans, are you ready for opening day? Swung well on, hit deep to left,
5: down the line, toward the corner, and it is gone. Goodbye!
6: Catch every pitch, every home run,
5: and every curly W live with 106.7 The Fan on the free Odyssey app. Call Goodbye!
0: Bang! Zoom goes Caban Ruiz. The voices you know, the team you love. Your Washington Nationals. Your Odyssey. Live games available for fans and market only.
2: It is 8.38 on a Sunday night. My name is Susie Jones. As I mentioned, I'm filling in tonight for Geraldine. Geraldine is healing and will return. Talking about winter and the winter blues, and and we've got a lot coming at us all at once, right? We've got inflation with groceries up, and we also have an increase in energy prices. In fact, the Community Action Partnership of Hennepin County is actually seeing a huge increase in the need for financial assistance, following a two-year trend of high energy prices um, at the agency. Energy assistance applications are pouring in. So we have Tammy Stauffer. She's on our newsline, our John Schuster Colwell Banker hotline. She is Community Action Partnership of Hennepin County, Director of Energy Assistance. That's a mouthful, Tammy. Thanks for coming on.
7: You know, thank you so much for having me. And, yeah, it is a mouthful. <laughs> I
2: agree. <laughs> what are you seeing out there? I, I'm reading you have... 20,000 applications for help right now yes we do we have
7: um, over 20,000 applications right now we had a huge influx of applications this last week
2: and what's happening I mean how does this happen do you get behind on your bill are people do they get behind and then ask for help or are they proactive and say I can't do this how do you how do people come to you
7: It's kind of a little bit of both. Um, we have households that are very proactive that apply every year. They get their application. They know, they know when the program starts, when it ends, and they, they come in every year. Um, and then we have brand new ones that they get behind and, They don't know what to do and our program is a benefit for them and a resource. And we're very happy that we're able to do so.
2: And you say families in so many instances are deciding, are we going to pay our energy bill or are we going to get groceries? And that's a horrible position I would imagine for people to be in.
7: Well, it's not only that, but it's also, are we going to pay the rent? Are we going to pay the mortgage? And with the inflation going on right now, and the energy costs that have increased over the last two years, our program is a benefit to households that we can help supplement those costs that, and offset them, so that they can afford to put food on their on their feed their families. Sure. They can afford to keep their roof over their house, you know, with their house over their head.
2: Yeah. Um, tell me how it works. What do they get? How does a, how does it all make sense and help the people in the end?
7: Yep. Um, so to begin with, I said you fill out an energy assistance application. We have them on our website. The Department of Commerce has them on their website as well. We have them via paper so they can fill out a paper app and send one in. And most recently, which has caused the huge influx of applications, is the Department of Commerce has now created an online application where a person can just go to their phone to the website link and be able to fill out an app and apply right right online upload their income information send that gets automatically sent to the agency it's the same application across the entire state we don't have separate ones and we can work through those applications in the order that they were received and we expedite people who are in crisis. So if they have a disconnection or they've been shut off, they have no heat due to a furnace that has gone out, they get expedited so we can help restore those that heat.
2: We're talking to Tammy Stauffer, Community Action Partnership of Hennepin County Director of Energy Assistance about the increase in applications and the need with the price of energy, up and up and up, and inflation. We're seeing a lot of burden, a lot of pressure on families. Tammy, I just wanted to ask you, are some members of our community affected more than others?
7: Absolutely. Um, Households that um, are, uh, I said our program deals with households that are low income. Mm -hmm. And and so they are just, you know, disproportionately affected more than a household that has a dual income. We have a lot of single families, uh, single parent households that are affected. We have a lot of uh, culturally diverse households Mm -hmm. that
2: are affected. Yeah, I think I read, um, Tammy, that black households are three times more likely to be affected compared to white household. For Hispanic families, it's about twice as much. So, You talk about poverty and people of color those people are are the most affected by these increase in prices whether it's food or rent uh, what have you now am I correct to say that you wrote you I have a story that was written about this I understand this she said I lived it do you have a personal knowledge of going through something like this absolutely
7: I said when um, I had my son 20, almost 28 years ago this this month. Um, I was unemployed and as I said I was on welfare. and I struggled to find work and childcare and trying to pay the bills and keep him, Fed and housed. Mm-hmm. I said. I, I said I didn't know about this program. I said I would have loved to known about this program at that time. So I I've been in the shoes, you know, that of our households.
2: Mm-hmm.
7: You know how they are. So right. I've you really get shoes.
2: it. Right. 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 I get it. So so this is actually money. You give them money to help pay for their energy bills or for whatever they need.
7: We give actually the vendors the money. So they apply and then we send the money directly to the electric, the gas companies, the fuel companies um, to be able to help offset their bills. So it goes as a credit on their account.
2: Okay. And is this rural and urban? I mean, this isn't just the Twin Cities, right? Nope. This is statewide. And the need is, do you see the need all over the state of Minnesota, or is it just concentrated in one area?
7: Oh, it's all over the state of Minnesota. I said we have a heavy concentration in the metro area um, because we have um, a more dense population here, um, but it's all over. And our rural areas have difficulty with um, most most of their utilities are, fuel utilities and the cost of propane is is higher than usual too mm-hmm. and so they you know to be able to get a bill to fill a tank to heat their home for the winter or even just a few months in the winter is close to eight to nine hundred dollars to thousand dollars so yeah. households don't have that right off
2: just in yeah. their bank account yeah That's a lot. And I see, according to the Consumer Price Index in Minnesota, electricity bills are up 24 percent and Mm -hmm. um, gas, 57 percent. So we really are looking at some big increases that people can't afford. So you mentioned the 20,000 applications. Um, You're asking people to be patient as best they can. And as you say, they prioritize emergencies. So if someone's in a cold house, you'll handle that first. Absolutely. Yep. Any, we sure
7: will. And we do say patience. I said we will get to everybody. We, I promise we will get to everybody. So please have patience with us.
2: Can you tell people if they're listening and they need to either use this themselves or share it with somebody else, where should they go? Um, you go, I said the best, the easiest way to go,
7: because this is across the state, is to the Minnesota Department of Commerce um, website. Mm-hmm just google energy assistance and on that it will you put your county in and it'll tell you exactly which who your provider is and who to contact and then that online application is right there as well so you can just do it right there and 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 be able to get your application in immediately
2: great is there anything you want to add before i let you go any, yep, math, program any and, hold on yep, go ahead uh, Okay, go okay. ahead. The program, the program stops
7: taking applications May 31st, so make sure that you get your application in before May 31st um, right now. And if you've applied already, I said, please, r- please, and you haven't heard from the agency, I said, contact us, you know, okay. and we will let you know what's going on with your application. If you're missing some information we need to finish your application, we'll let you know that at that time.
2: Perfect, Thank you so much, Tammy. Thanks for coming on tonight. We really appreciate it.
7: Thank you so much i I am so happy to have been here. Um, this is a passion of mine mm-hmm. it's what i 've been doing for fourteen years so. yeah
2: helping people stay warm, yep, <laughs> and feed their family. Well, thank you, Tammy. Tammy Stauffer, a Community Action Partnership of Hennepin County Director of Energy Assistance with us on News Talk 830-WCCO. The time right now is 849. It is 852. On WCCO Radio, you're listening to Steele Talking. Steele is off tonight. I'm filling in. Jonathan Lowe is at the helm as we near the 9 o'clock hour here on WCCO Radio. Of course, the 9 o'clock hour is all about entertainment. It's called Center Stage, and we've got a big lineup of people for Center Stage. We're also keeping our eye on the Oscars as they are taking place in Los Angeles But we thought for just a minute, Jonathan, we would talk about the Golden Raspberry winners, or should we say losers. They've been announced. Blonde, starring Oscar nominee Ana de Armas, won Worst Picture of the Year and Worst Screenplay. Wow. Wow. Hold on. Thomas, Tom Hanks was voted Worst Supporting Actor and Worst Screen Combo for Tom Hanks and his latex-laden face in yeah, Elvis. I
5: heard that uh, last night.
2: The Razzies even gave themselves award for Worst Actress after they nominated 12-year-old Ryan Kira Armstrong in the category. They took her out. The Raspberry accepted the dishonor on the organization's behalf.
0: We earned this Razzie. And on behalf of young,
3: old and all artists still in development stages, we know the process of growing means trying things out, stumbling, picking ourselves up and making better choices. A process that can take a lifetime. So until our next mistake. Cheers.
2: Interesting. So I watched Blonde. It was on Netflix. It was long. Very long. It was long. It was peculiar. But it was kind of touching. It was the life of Marilyn Monroe.
5: I thought I thought it was. I'll say this between blonde and Elvis because you had two films that were discussing two iconic figures that you know have you no know, long passed, but they had a a a shining moment, a shining uh uh hmm but then they also had their demons, and I thought that blonde. Even though there were some parts that were kind of you know artsy and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. I thought it. I guess when I, when I see something like that, I want it to be less stylized as a movie, mm-hmm. and I thought Elvis was a little too stylized. It was a little too glitzy. Mm. Um, to tackle a you know a, a figure that. These are two figures that Mm -hmm. are still held up in the lexicon as, you know, icons. Mm -hmm. And you see people. There is not a cottage industry for for Marilyn Monroe impersonators, but there are those out there. Yeah. There is a cottage industry for Elvis impersonators.
2: (laughs) A lot of people are making money off Elvis.
5: (laughs) Yes. And and I would think that I, I guess I'm being too serious in my mind, but I thought it would be handled a little bit more
2: classy but didn't elvis gritty. didn't elvis the movie get nominated for best picture didn't i read that i believe it did but tom hanks was sort of on um, yeah Tom, so so he played captain
5: colonel tom parker right right who was the driving force the manager behind elvis's career but also manipulative very manipulative and uh, pretty, maybe evil pretty dark yeah, yeah. yeah. I went, not not necessarily evil but he was great he well, was trending that way right but um, I thought he, I thought he did fine. I thought he did okay. I, I didn't think he was well. They didn't that like bad. the Razzies. But, the, the, but again, the Razzies. I think the year after it was the year. I think it was the year after Halle Berry won her Oscar for Monsters Ball. They gave her a Razzie for Catwoman. Oh. I mean, they—they're just. I don't.
2: They got to pick somebody. Yeah.
5: <laughs> I'm try, I'm stopping short of saying they're haters. They're kind of haters. They're
2: kind
5: of (laughs) haters. Well, anyway,
2: we are working. We are not paying attention, just only briefly. We're not announcing any winners or any losers. I don't even know who has won. Sometimes you can follow, you know, along on Twitter and see who's what. I will say this, though, about the Oscars and the movies, is that once they're out and the awards are over, I tend to want to go and say, okay, now I'm going to go check out this, that, or the other one um Tar was bizarre. That was Kate Blanchett as a female produ- um, composer conductor.
5: conductor. A, a, an orchestra conductor.
2: And she was insane.
5: She was I I I'm not going to give anything away with this movie. I'm just going to say for people that that want to go see it or ha- haven't seen it yet, it's a very interesting juxtaposition about what we go through today as a society and a lot of the the talking points that people have that people have brought up Mm -hmm. especially politically okay it's uh, that's how we'll leave it
2: okay well we're going to take a break we'll do national news local news and then back with center stage
0: after this his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt and even after band camp he might not be the greatest musician